everyone, and welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today, we will be talking about Season 3, Episode 4 of BoJack Horseman, Fish Out of Water. I'm Kirsten McInnes, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? I'm so good. I'm really excited about our first ever silent episode of BoJack Horse Pod. I think this is going to be quite a challenge for us. We've already used more words than they did in the entire episode, <laughs> which is, you know, cool, cool, cool. When I know you and I have both historically been kind of lukewarm on this episode, I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Question mark? Yeah. Tepid water or something. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I've always felt like I think I'd only seen it once before, maybe. And I remember everyone being like, this episode is legendary. It's iconic. So good. And like, I think at the time I was like, yeah, it was fine. But this time I was trying to go into it to be like, okay, let's see what all the fuss is about. And I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It's very well done for what it is, but I still think it might be a little overrated. Is that okay to say? I mean, I feel like I'm going to come in with with much hotter takes than that. (laughs) But thankfully... We've got a guest today, someone who actually like likes and respects the concept of this episode. <laughs> Martha Crable is here. Martha, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit shook by what I just heard, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad I can be here to defend this episode because this is one of my all-time favorite episodes of the series. And like both of you said, very highly acclaimed episode as well. But I think it holds up more than more than holds its water even more so than than, <laughs> than than what we could say. So I'm very glad I can be here to be the the supporter of this episode. Well, I'm really glad to hear that because I had messaged Kirsten and said like I think we should try to find someone who likes this episode. And she's like, don't worry, I already have Martha locked and loaded. So, so yeah, this is good no, that we have you yeah, a supporter when, here. When Kirsten asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, I saw like you're in season two, and I was like, well, that's coming up in a while, but like, could I do Fish Out of Water? And I was like, maybe that's too big of an episode for me. Like, it's so iconic. And then yeah, it really. Worked Worked out. I'm very happy to be here to talk about this one, especially now that I'm hearing what you guys have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I think we we definitely need you here. Your perspective is valuable. And now I'm not out here being like, oh, I hate this episode. It's so bad. No, no, That's not no. my opinion. I It is an iconic episode. It's one that you never forget. But to me, it's just like, even though it fits into the plot of the season with like the secretariat oscar campaigning mm-hmm. really nothing meaningful truly happens it's not that like funny except for like the only time i laughed out loud in the episode is at the end when he realizes oh i could have been talking this whole time <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the moment when i cry in the episode so um, <laughs> i'm glad that you laughed there kirsten that's what you're supposed oh to do <laughs> that's when you cry <laughs> Yeah, I will. I like let out the tears that I've been holding in the whole episode. Whoa. Oh, see, this this episode didn't really make me feel anything. I'm so wow. okay, I'm so glad you're oh here. Gosh. I'm so glad I'm here too. Yeah, for, for many reasons. I just find it to be like a very lovely like concept episode. I'm like, wow, this is really well done. They did a really nice job with this pretty episode. <laughs> yeah, well, it's beautiful. Things. The the sound work, like with mm-hmm. the backing music and everything, yes. immaculate. Perfect. It's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, this is the episode like that, like you could show this episode to anybody who's never seen BoJack Horseman, and like they could experience it and and not really have to know anything about the characters because there's really only one character in the in the episode. <laughs> so maybe I mean, I see that as a definitely could be a criticism of the show because I don't normally like that kind of episode of any show where it's like it could you could go in with no context. But for some reason, this this episode is just so artfully done i mean i think that that's one of the things that like drew me to bojack in the first place and we'll get into that i'm sure of, of my origin with that with bojack but i just what i love about the show is 
is so much about like the different the art the music the feelings the the themes of like isolation which i feel like this episode has all of so yeah i'm i'm very excited to to talk about this one it's funny to imagine someone watching this if they've never seen bojack yeah. before they're probably like what a nice man he's just <laughs> helping the seahorse get back to its dad that's what i was gonna say is I, I wonder if like part of why you two aren't so high on this episode is like it does feel like a very sympathetic portrayal of bojack which isn't what we're used to or what we really want from from bojack most of the time and especially at this point in the show where we're like especially starting to be like okay Bojack is not good so yeah this is more of a sympathetic side of him and I feel like if you if this was your first episode you'd be like oh so nice mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I just don't even know because I also feel like a lot of this episode is not sympathetic towards Bojack either so <laughs> I, I will we'll get into it but before we do that so Martha what's your Bojack like history like did you watch it when it came out did you binge it at some point do you remember it like we have a theory that aliens have removed <laughs> all memory of Bojack like do you remember it what's what's the story yeah so I mean similar to like what you guys have said I mean I I do remember like when I first watched it it was a long time coming for me I'm not an adult animated show like person at all like for many years I was like vehemently against any adult animated show I was like I will never watch Simpsons I will never watch Family Guy sorry Lindsay for Simpsons (laughs) there but I was like that's just not my thing I don't really I was kind of like a snob about it and I did always say like maybe BoJack because I liked Will Arnett at the time. And I was like, I think that could be the one show I could watch. So my roommate in college and I just decided one day we were, we were going to try it. And we did watch, I think, the first episode. And we kind of like, we're like, yeah, that was good. And what, what really drew me to it was the, you know, like the themes of depression and stuff, which especially in college for me was something that I was, I was really dealing with myself. And so it was just a very like poignant show for me. And I kind of was like drawn to the, the themes of comedy and mental health at the same time. So I was pretty much drawn in from the start and I kind of knew I would be so I think I started the thing is that I don't remember exactly when which like is similar to what both of you said I think it was when just seasons one two and three were out and I binged one through three and then watched four five and six when they came out like had to wait for them and I've since rewatched. I think I'm on my fifth rewatch right now I just like rewatch it once a year ever since then so I think I've only watched season six twice through but the uh, the first four seasons definitely I've watched four times oh. and like you like you Lindsay's season four is my favorite so oh yay yeah yeah so I I do I have I've changed my tune a little bit on adult animated shows I still haven't really like gone into any others but Bojack really did change my perspective of being like okay well I probably just don't know what I'm talking about with this <laughs> because what I love about Bojack is just the things I mentioned already but especially like I think it's one of those shows where the genre is like okay I see why this had to be an animated show like just because of the world building and like the different like crazy characters and crazy like storylines and what kinds of creatures there are and stuff like this had to be an animated show to work I'm, I'm probably just being like I don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about other animated shows it's probably the same same thing but yeah so I I, I definitely am a big fan of the show clearly <laughs> well if you ever get into the Simpsons have I got a podcast for you <laughs> I, I knew you'd say that <laughs> My my recommendation that I give to people when they talk about cartoons for adults is I have a deep love for Venture Bros. Oh, I've never even heard of that. It's so funny and so it's like about like a scientist and he's like, I can't even remember the plot that much, but it's just like, I'm now I'm trying to remember, is he trying to be a superhero or is he trying to be a villain? He's a reformed villain. Okay. <laughs> and then he's fighting other supervillains. There we go. That's why I couldn't remember if he was good or bad. <laughs> where where could I watch it? 
I think it's an an, an an adult swim one. I know that some seasons used to be on Canadian Netflix, mm. but as if I know where anything is in America. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. that's okay. No, I'll look it up for sure because I do enjoy it. I mean, like, BoJack is one, I think, like, because I have so so few other animated shows, that's probably why I'm, like, almost always rewatching it because it's, like, one of those – it's, like, just a different genre of, like, what I'm used to watching. So I kind of like to have that as, like, something that I – can always fall back on watching it's a good one to, it's I just feel like it's it was something you watch when you need to feel bad <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. well and it's for me it's you have this like combination of emotions which which I love so much of you're like feeling really connected to maybe a character or like really amused by a character at the same time like really really deeply hurt or like have this like really sad feeling as well and that's the feeling I have at the end of this episode of I've been and I've had this experience every time I've watched this even like prepping for the podcast like watching it twice I had it two days in a row like the same (laughs) feeling at the end of the episode of like I just kind of felt like I was holding my breath for the whole episode and then I let it out at the end and then I always I don't I don't weep every time but I've, (laughs) I've probably seen this episode like 10 times because it's one that I'll just like put on sometimes to fall asleep to or like to like make myself if I want to cry I'll watch it oh (laughs) there's there's several episodes that are like that in the in the series and this is definitely one that always kind of has that effect on me so even before you said you have watched this episode like 10 times just in saying that you watched it twice in preparation for this I am confident you are more prepared for this podcast than either Kirsten or I Well, I mean, and... <laughs> I I didn't rewatch like seasons one, two, and th- like I, I rewatched season one and two like back in January, I think. But it's been a while since I watched like the episodes leading up to this one. So <laughs> you guys have that on me. So I've pulled up the IMDb reviews of this episode, and it's almost entirely ten out of ten, a couple of nine out of tens, and then just like one really angry two out of ten. <laughs> Let's hear it. Wow. Was that one from you? (laughs) No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it a two out of like, it's not my favorite thing, but I wouldn't be like "Mm, two out (laughs) of ten. I'm not reading the whole thing because I think that they just don't like Bojack. But Mm. at the end, they go side note. This episode is a complete ripoff of the rock bottom SpongeBob episode. Oh, my God. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? I've never seen that. I've never seen SpongeBob. I wasn't allowed. I wasn't either, Kirsten. Really? Well, I wasn't really watched. I, w- I didn't watch like any cartoons growing up. But this is truly baffling. Both of you are not allowed to watch this children's. <laughs> yeah, my mom show. thought it looked stupid, and was she wrong? I don't think so. I think it probably was stupid. I'm with you, Kirsten. It certainly looked stupid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch any cartoons, but yeah, that's one that I never wanted to watch either. Yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. Okay, so fish out of water. So the the concept of the episode, Bojack has to go to a major film festival for the Secretariat movie, but he's not allowed to go to any of the major, like, film festivals because he's offended people. Mm -hmm. I can't just go to Cannes? You can (laughs) not. (laughs) I like that he's not allowed to go to Sundance because he said that the movie The Horse Whisperer is offensive. (laughs) Somebody had to say it, yeah. (laughs) Speaking truth to power. Horses just don't do what you tell them. (laughs) But yeah, so it's supposed to be an easy mission. He just gets there on time, walk the red carpet, kiss some fish babies. (laughs) Yes, he's going to the Pacific Ocean Film Fest. It's like the largest underwater film festival or something. Piff. Poff. Poff, yeah. (laughs) To me, it's piff. (laughs) One thing that does kind of confuse me about the premise of this is the like fish, like, 
society underwater. And this does get explained. I know I know you all are, are spoiler free, so I'm not going to say like much, but I, I know that like the fish society does get explained a little bit more later on. But what is confusing is that we do have like sea creatures like Tom, whatever his name is, the the, the news um, Jumbo guy. Jumbo Grumbo or whatever. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like we have this whole society of, of sea creatures living underwater who can talk underwater and stuff. And then like, the animals can't talk underwater unless they press their thing on their helmet. But we also have sea creatures that live on land that don't have to talk in a certain way and then can can apparently breathe above ground. Yeah. So, so okay, we've we got like horrible information about this from freaking <laughs> Raphael Bob Locksberg tweeted about this like two weeks ago. Apparently, <laughs> all of the animals in Bojack are part human, including yeah. the fish. Yes. <laughs> okay, I guess I did see that whole. Yeah. yeah. So that's why. They can like walk on and on land and like breathe in the oxygen there, but then okay. I guess they also still have like the fish DNA to have the like, gills and stuff. Okay. okay. And so I think that when they are speaking differently, it's because like it's it's like they're bilingual. Hmm. Oh, okay. And then they have the like dual functionality of being able to breathe underwater and above yeah. ground. But it, yeah, and then I guess this is like the society like they like want to live underwater, whereas there are some sea creatures who want to live on on the surface. Okay. Well. That, that can that, I'll take that explanation. Such a rich tapestry. <laughs> Deeply yes. troubling to me. Again, I'm yeah. still like, I can't stop thinking about like the chickens episode after oh, well, yeah. this revelation. Because does that mean just everyone is a cannibal? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like sharing DNA is not the same as being the same species, right? He said they're half human. <laughs> but half, but like that's like, not the same. Sh- I don't know. I'm confusing myself. I think it, I just, anyway, it's deeply troubling to me. I cannot get over this. I think I've brought this up every episode since we found out. Yeah, RB Dub's uh, really open to can of worms. That really does make make the Becca episode very different. Yes. RB Dub has put me into a crisis, essentially, and yeah. it's not okay. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while now. Right? Like, it just, it, it, it will never leave my brain. It's the only thing about Bojack that the aliens can't get. Man on Twitter ruins everything. Yeah. Once again. Oh, my God. Yeah, I do like Bojack saying, I mean, I, I don't know if you got there yet, but where, where Bojack is like, oh, I hate fish, or they're so annoying, and he's the, the fish lady sitting next to him on the submarine, and <laughs> she's like, just like squawks at him. Yeah, so Well, average. and it's, it's great, too, because we it seems like he's just on a plane for a really long time until the submarine gets submerged. I like how he just very much panics about going at all yeah. and says that he hasn't been underwater since his mom tried to drown him in the bathroom to bet 22 22 yeah <laughs> so brutal and like the reason that he's freaking out is because he hears that kelsey is gonna be there and mm-hmm. he hasn't seen her since she got fired and so he's just like oh my god let me off the plane or submarine or whatever <laughs> yeah i mean do you think that he should have called kelsey i feel like they had a good thing going and like it was he was very much implicated in the shot that got her fired so like to me it would have been a decent thing to do See, but I think she knew. I think she knew that she was going to get fired for that, but she was happy to have done it anyways, and her and Bojack left it on, like, a pretty good note. Yeah, and the other, like, thing that adds complication to that is that she, like, didn't 
ever want to be his friend like and she made that very clear of like we're not friends like I'm your Mm -hmm. boss or I'm your director and like so yeah she kind of I mean Kelsey's an interesting character I don't know if she like expected a call from Bojack that doesn't necessarily mean he shouldn't have called her but I just kind of feel like her like terms of the quote-unquote friendship or just like their their working relationship wasn't really such that like she would have expected a call from him yeah I think just like up until the point where it was like let's make something we can both be proud of it's Mm -hmm. like now I feel like we've crossed into territory of like we're living and dying together like I don't know (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know it's just it's been what like at least six months at this point since that happened I think this is just Bojack making a situation all about him again. About, yeah. how, oh, I yeah. got you fired. Like, Kelsey could have not agreed to do the shot at all and not gotten fired. Like, she knew that it was a risk when she went along with it. She wanted to do it, too. Mm-hmm. She knew she knew that it was going to have consequences. Yeah. I think that Kelsey just represents a lot of Bojack's mistakes to him. Like, a whole, like, falling out with Abe after Kelsey being replaced by Abe and then Bojack ruining that and then just not actually being in the movie because because of it all of that goes back to Kelsey in his mind I feel like so just hearing her name probably sets him into this spiral of of self-loathing and anger about what he's done so I feel like that it's not just like him feeling guilty about not calling her it's it's like just a reminder of all the things he's messed up so which happens to him very frequently Bojack sucks (laughs) well yes (laughs) well said Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I honestly don't know if this episode really is that sympathetic to him because this Kelsey stuff really is not... Well, it's like, because there's all this stuff with Kelsey, and then there's also, like, the whole situation with the thumbs up, where he has not made (laughs) any effort to learn about the cultural norms of the place that he's going to, and then is just offending people left, right, and center. Like, I feel like it's not that sympathetic to him. That's true. Like, not to jump all through, but, like, at first with the baby seahorse, he tries to just leave it on the side (laughs) of the road. Tries to feed it a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's it's not like he's a nurturing person. He tries to not help help the guy give birth true yeah that's true I, I just feel like in comparison to like all a lot of the other characters in the episode he comes across as, as a little bit more sympathetic but yeah you're, yeah, you're right I think it's like if you're just watching this through and you're just watching to enjoy and you're not like picking it apart like Lindsay and I are every week <laughs> to go through every little bit I think you'd be like oh yeah Bojack did a good thing but all we have been doing is queuing up how Bojack is horrible all the horrible yeah. things he does yeah. and so then it's like we're gonna pick out the like 10 to 15 just horrible moments for him yeah well and I think I mean I think it's like you you feel it's not necessarily like sympathetic in the way of like oh he's a good guy but like you you do I think it's supposed to be you feel bad for him a little bit I mean I I think if this is not your first episode of the series that you've ever watched you have all the other stuff that he's done to like ruin him for you and that's very fair but yeah that when I say sympathetic I don't necessarily mean like he's like you're like, oh, he's a hero, but you do sympathize with him a bit because the situation is not great. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think that's very fair that, like, you're not sitting here being like, oh, my God, he's such a jerk. Like, I think right, it's, yeah, right. I the way you are in many episodes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> that's true. More ambiguity yeah. this time. Right. So Bojack actually gets tased in order for the submarine to start going. Yeah, uh, it was a lot. The, that, the physical comedy, you know. I do, I do love that kind of cold open of like cutting to the the intro. And I will say that the theme song is one that I will never skip. And so it's like just, I think that they do such a good transition from him getting taste into the theme song, and that almost every episode there's like a great transition from whatever's happening into the theme song. So that was a great moment. 
<laughs> it's a great theme song. I don't think we spend enough time talking about that. It's so good. I always remember one college class because I was, I think, a senior in college when I first got into BoJack. And it was like my spring semester, the beginning of the spring semester, my one of my professors was like, wanted everybody to submit a song for the class playlist. And I was like, such a dork, <laughs> such a dork. I wrote the Bojack Corseman theme song because that was like what I was listening to all the time. Oh, my God. And so but like his class playlist was not like actually a playlist. It was like just a YouTube video. Like he would like look up the song and it would be playing like when we'd walk in. And I didn't realize he was going to like shout out the person who recommended the song <laughs> at when that song came up so there was one day where I walked in and the Bojack theme song was playing and he was like shout out to Martha for recommending oh, no. this <laughs> and I was like yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, here you can feel bad about that but at least you never had the Sarah Koenig ringtone for three years like Lindsay did this is a great point I feel like everyone can take some comfort in knowing that at least they didn't have that as their reality anyone who's feeling like they might be a bit of a dork take comfort from this podcast <laughs> no that's a great story I love that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> At least it's not the Ira Glass one. Yes, never once. <laughs> and the story oh, is that your phone is ringing. <laughs> so good. The story it's telling you is to answer your phone. Oh, yeah, so good. That was good. I stand by it. Oh, stop it. It's not that good. Okay. I think it's so, good. <laughs> thank you, Martha. I appreciate you. <laughs> I feel like I've created a monster because I feel like you're both going to just like each other better than you like me. And then oh, I'm right. going to get friend jumped. <laughs> yeah, and that's then what's going to happen. It hurts. <laughs> That's that's always the fear with with a, a three a group of three, but uh-huh. never fear, Kristen. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna get friend jumped. I'll be that left all alone. Sounds like something Bojack would be afraid of happening. So, <laughs> yeah, and I have a shocking amount of similarities Aww. to this evil half horse demon. Aww. It's fine. It's you know what. But at least if I was getting picked up by a walrus, the the board wouldn't say chubby with a sport coat. <laughs> that that moment, like it's it's like kind of funny, but it's it always weirds me out because like he doesn't the walrus like doesn't think Bojack's chubby until he pokes him or something, mm-hmm. and then he's like, ah, oh, you're so chubby. Like I don't must confirm in order to actually right, right. pick you up and complete this transaction. But then, but then once he does, he like gives like does the impression of Bojack walking and stuff. I'm like, well, did you not think he was like that way until you? Yeah, him? he's like, he's just like a body shaming dude. Yeah. and I just to be very clear, the sign would not say that because I don't have a sport coat. No, okay, it's not. It's it's not about any body shape situation. But yeah, it, he's just a mean walrus. Yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> also, who told him that descriptor? I like is that was that Anna? That's what's also. Uh. Oh, I'm sure that Anna Spanakapita sent that. It's a good point. It's to like really not. Shame. Oh, he'll be a horse, right? But <laughs> oh, he's chubby in his sport coat. <laughs> so like really shame him for not running enough in this uh, Oscar yeah. season. Yeah. I also like that the sport coat is like the main descriptor, not the blue sweater. Like I yeah. feel like of all the things to to describe Bojack, first of all, you'd say he's a brown horse. Like, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good descriptor as well. But now. <laughs> That's a great point, though. Do you think that it was put there by Anna to, like, shame him into exercising more? <laughs> Could Sounds like an honest Monaco, but a move. It sure does. So. <laughs> so, okay, here's where we get, you know, the part of the episode that confused me the most. So he gets to his hotel room, and he, like, tries to open up a flask, but obviously he can't drink from a flask. Mm-hmm. How is he supposed to eat or drink? 
Yeah, I feel like he just doesn't totally understand all of the functionality of this. Like, he wasn't paying full attention because I feel like there are a lot of times in this episode where it's like he tries to do stuff that he simply can't do with his helmet on. And I'm like, someone probably explained, here's how you survive. Are there buildings in this underwater world that are pressurized so that you could, like, get into them and take off the helmet to eat and drink I, th- I mean i think that the like only explanation we get is like towards the end when he gets the like nicotine patch and the vodka like spritz what i don't get is why his like gift box has all these snacks in it when he's not going to be able to eat them yeah well, and also like what are the blankets made of on this bed how is he gonna have a comfortable night sleep like you know that like he's just wrapped in like really <laughs> damp blankets is he also going to, like, float off the bed to some extent? I don't understand totally, like, the mechanics of this, because everyone's walking yeah, like, around. Yeah, the the physics are very... The physics make no sense, because, like, he, we have the moment later in the episode where he, like, is swimming uh, above the factory or, like, above the path to the factory. But every other moment in the episode, he's walking on the ground, like, in the hotel. Like, could he be swimming, I guess? Maybe he could be, and he's just choosing to walk. Is he buoyant because he's chubby? (laughs) I feel like this is TV recapping at its most insufferable. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. How does he even walk around? And it's like, but how though? Don't call me insufferable for having questions. I'm sorry that I have a curious mind. But I have them too. I'm also just realizing walruses are not underwater dwelling animals, right? Like, shouldn't the walrus have a helmet too? I think... Can walruses breathe underwater? Well, this is the thing, because he's a mammal. Aren't they mammals? <laughs> I, now that I sh- I'm like acting like I know. But... Okay, a walrus can only stay submerged as long as yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so is the I guess the, the ride from Free Willy Seaport to the, to the hotel is, is less than 10 minutes, <laughs> because he doesn't have a helmet. But... Maybe the walrus is also part fish, but it didn't... <laughs> express itself the- in his physical <laughs> like this is where we go back to the punnett squares that we were talking about before <laughs> all the animals part- are part human except for the walrus is part fish it's part fish well, no, part human the walrus, part walrus the walrus could be okay so the walrus's parents were like a fish human and yeah. a walrus human and then maybe the walrus like physical genes yeah, are dominant be. so then he has the fish like gills but we don't see them okay I'll take that as an explanation. I'm trying to make sense of, of something here, okay? It's really important. <laughs> this is why we need RB Dub to come on the podcast. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> settle this for us. Yeah, well, actually, quickly back to the thumbs up thing, which we m- mentioned, and you were talking about how, like, Bojack just keeps not having information about how to live down here with the food and stuff. I just love that we get that tease at the beginning of the episode, and it's like, Anna tells him like you know what it means and he's like oh of course I know what it means and then that's just like a through line I love when a show does this it's right there for us we know that it's gonna happen and then it just does happen so yeah I I wonder whether he like declined underwater uh, training beforehand or if he just wasn't offered it because they thought he wouldn't take it because he clearly has no idea how to live down there Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that Princess Carolyn and Anna would have set up for him yeah and then he would have just been like, I would rather sit on the couch and drink instead. Bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what? I, I need to know about the fish? Meh, no thanks. Right. <laughs> no, and it's like, you know about the thumbs up, right? And he's like, obviously, I know about that. And then, like, in his defense, it's a poorly worded question where I think I would probably agree about the thumbs up as well. <laughs> like, yes, I know what that means. Don't mansplain well, thumbs up to me. <laughs> she says what it means down there, though. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. She's right. specific. And I think that, Lindsay, you're smart enough to know when you don't know. And you would say, <laughs> actually, I 
I haven't heard that. What does it mean? Yeah, yeah I think that, actually I'd probably go like, it means good. And then yeah. like, no, it doesn't. Well, because that's such an ominous question of like, you yeah. know what that means, right? Like, right. I, I would assume that that doesn't mean what I think it's supposed to mean. Good so. call. <laughs> but again, none of us are BoJack, thankfully. Thankfully. So. <laughs> True. So some of the shows that are on when he's in the hotel room one is called blackfish ish so good good. the fish like or underwater writing cracks me up too it has like all these like little accents on the on the letters and just looks like sort of not english but it still is english so Mm -hmm. we have just like this weird like on the the next one naked and filleted especially had these like different accents on the letters yeah, it's like we can clearly read them, but also can understand based on that that it's supposed to be something we can't Right, exactly. Read. <laughs> I love that we get the return of Seahorse Milk. Was it just like two episodes ago that we learned about this? I can't keep Yeah, track. it was yeah. very recent that we learned about it, but we learned about it in a flashback. So the implications right. that Mr. Peanut Butter has been the face of the Seahorse Milk since he was married to Jessica Biel. <laughs> That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and it does, I mean, and again, I, I'm not trying to, like, spoil stuff, but it does come back another time, right, when there's, like, fish that recognize him from the ads. So, <laughs> so I, I think it's so, it's so funny. Like, it, it, remi- it just feels like total Mr. Peanut Butter <laughs> to have done this, like, random ad and just <laughs> have totally owned the, the role as well. Like, he's so happy doing it. <laughs> It's such a funny point. Like, I never thought about the fact that he's just been representing this product for the last, like, I don't know, how many years did we decide? At least seven? It's been a very long time. <laughs> like, that normally you a brand would, like, turn over, but I guess nobody else wants to represent the seahorse milk. Yeah. Right. Well, they had You'd such... think that there'd be a famous seahorse to do it. You'd yeah, think. well, they already had the perfect slogan of, take it from me, a childless dog. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't they had to fill it with another childless dog. To have that. That's actually what, how I'm going to describe myself moving forward. <laughs> take it from me, a childless dog. Take it from me, a childless dog. <laughs> I feel like that's so good for everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take it from me. So Bojack is like terrified of seeing Kelsey, but goes to the event anyways for like, I guess this is like an informational session. Sort of like yes. a meet and greet. Yeah, meet and greet, yeah, yeah. And a little meet and greet, which is funny because this didn't get brought up. Like he was told just be at the red carpet at eight. You don't have to do anything else. Our our good friend, the catfish, is clearly just making fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he like kind of I think he makes like a, a chubby joke because he like sort of pokes Bojack's stomach too and like does the same sort of gesture that the walrus did. Yeah. Yeah, Bojack does not speak the language, does not know what anyone is saying, does the thumbs up for a photo, which is clearly instantly offensive mm-hmm. to everybody, but he doesn't even notice. Yeah, doesn't catch the looks of horror on everyone's face. Yeah. People are just very upset. And then he is hiding from Kelsey who is alone, no one is visiting her, mm-hmm. and decides, oh, this is the moment I'm going to write a note. Yeah, and his his attempts at notes are very, very bad, but very funny. First like, you're of the all, he, Yeah, first of all, he doesn't have ink in his pen, so he has to poke the octopus to get ink, <laughs> which does crack me up. The octopus, yeah, like, you, like, kind of gets startled him with him doing, like, who's using a fountain pen? I don't I don't know <laughs> what this um, this universe is, but yeah, you're the Kelsey-iest. I love the extra eye in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smell you later. Yeah. And then, and then the one he settles on that he thinks is pure gold is just like, sorry you got fired, that sucks for you. Yeah, and then he adds horse- Jack horsemen. horsemen. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. my favorite moment is when he adds horsemen. Yeah. And then he goes, P.S. We're cool, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really great note, Bojack. Great, great, great one to choose. Yeah, very <laughs> really good. Good, good empathy. Good job <laughs> understanding a situation. But she's already leaving. He goes to follow her, and is he's already like an international news story for giving mm-hmm. the thumbs up. Like this has to be like much worse than like someone giving someone the finger. Yeah, it seems that way. Very offensive. Mm-hmm. He gets trapped on a bus. Because all, there's all these fish. What could, do we know what kind of fish they are? I think they're sardines. They're all like packed oh, in very densely. Oh, that makes sense because they're all crammed together. Because it's the same fish that we see in the hotel as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same exact ones, but it's the same type of fish that we yeah. see. Where and we in the, taxi. the one fish that joins the joins the group yeah. of like 50 in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about fish. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sardines because it's like the packed in like a can of sardines. Yeah, so. that does make sense. Yeah. I was very disturbed that on the bus, the fish are holding on to hooks on the bus i didn't even collect yeah that's kind of ominous i was like oh my god what if they like went to grab a hook to like get a ride and then that's how they die yeah the bus is like the bait (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think anybody's fishing in this universe right (laughs) i think if they are they've got fish farms yeah yeah which that chicken for days honestly the bus would be like kind of an effective way to fish farm so (laughs) That's a good, oh, good observation. <laughs> oh no! Add this to our list of questions for yeah. our well, dubs. Speaking of chicken for days, I do love like all the stuff in the world building underwater. Of like, we have the tuna for days sign. Mm-hmm. Later, we're gonna see like the the CBD rentals, and you need a CBT card, but it's S E A B T card. Like all these different like puns down there. I do think is is fun to add to the world. And the tuna for days instead of chicken for days is a great one too. <laughs> chicken of the sea yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah he doesn't get to kelsey doesn't get the note to kelsey and i guess just falls asleep on the bus because he's trapped yeah it reminded me of you kirsten when you said you just like fall asleep instantly in cars oh and better believe i slept in the car yesterday and i hurt my neck oh. <laughs> do you fall asleep on public transportation I don't think I've ever fallen asleep on public transportation. Okay, because that's that's what's imp- incredible about this to me is that yeah. he's able to fall asleep in like this. There, like flight. there are people who do though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I will sleep on a plane, like definitely, mm-hmm. or like if it's a longer bus trip, I've done that before. But no, not not like when it's my one day in like a totally new place, yeah, <laughs> like, like a city I'd, bus. Like, is he really that tired? I mean, maybe maybe like the taser really like <laughs> put some sort of like sleep chemical into him or something. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but he's on that bus for a while because it's like one o'clock when he's at the hotel, and then it's five forty-five or five forty-four when he gets off the bus. So, well, and that's the thing too is how many times like did that bus go around the city a couple of yeah. times? Like, how far away is he actually? Is he five hours away? Is he like one hour away? Mm-hmm. Thirty. 30 nautical miles, which, like, that, I don't how know how long, long it take that to takes. walk that on the yeah. ocean floor. <laughs> and I don't know how long that takes to drive on a bus. Like, yeah. is, that's probably more than one bus trip. <laughs> I would think so. A nautical mile is only a little bit bigger than a, a regular mile. Oh, I, I actually thought it was smaller, so that's interesting. Oh, it's so 1.1508 statute miles. It says people also ask, why don't we use nautical miles on land? And the answer is because nautical miles are sea miles and land miles <laughs> are <you>. land miles. <laughs> Got it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Very helpful. Good answer. It's like a Mr. Peanut Butter answer. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> ours are land miles, okay? <laughs> we- oh, well, first of all, on the bus delivers a baby, a bunch of babies. 
So yes. many babies. Yes. What to what to expect when you're a male seahorse who's expecting, which is a thing. That's yes, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, and the bus driver has a sign that's like does not carry cash or deliver babies, so he simply cannot help. It's like okay, jerk. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, Bojack doesn't help that much with this. Like, what does he do? He like catches he's the babies, sort of. Yeah, like he's standing there looking horrified. Six babies pop out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's good that you said that because my notes say all, all babies sort of just pop out. Question mark. Yeah. Right. They're just like, boop, 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 boop. yeah, I tried several times. Like I went back to count how many pops to see to hear if there were six oh because you, you only see five like ever on the bus because the one is like behind Bojack the whole time. I was trying to check that, but I did count six pops after like five times. Oh my God. Watching. That's very, dedication. Very, very, very fast popping, though. So I could have miscounted. But it is six that we know we find that out later. So mm-hmm. Yes. So now Bojack is stranded in the middle of nowhere after having helped deliver these babies. He has no cell service and he has only two hours and 15 minutes to get to the premiere. He's 30 nautical miles away from the city. And he doesn't. He still doesn't realize thumbs up are bad because he tries to do it to hitchhike and it does not work. Yeah, someone does it back at him, but clearly in a different tone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do like how he like grins while he's doing yeah. his uh, hitchhike thumbs up. Like, did you not notice that this happened earlier? He <laughs> certainly didn't. Like, he's so oblivious. He has no idea. And this is where the, the baby seahorse is stuck to his back. The father is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that father really like took off like, he went, yeah. with intention. He places to go. Like he had to go to work and f- he had to drop his kids at home first now. <laughs> That's yeah. what cracked me up too, that he like goes to work on his first day of fatherhood and like his kids are apparently just home by themselves. Yeah, they clearly just stay home alone. <laughs> I mean, the kids are pretty self-sufficient for being in, like newborns, but I am amazed that he just like can drop him off at the house and then come back from work that same day yeah yeah it is a lot to handle it, does seahorse time like work differently than other <laughs> than horse animal time, time? yeah because i like the fact that he goes to work he's there for like what an hour and then like just goes home i don't know that's very the timing on that doesn't make a lot of sense to me I want to know what how they age. Like, what's seahorse years? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, so maybe time does go by. Like, this was like a full day for him or something. In the wild, a seahorse lives one to four years. Oh, so time would go by faster, maybe. I don't know. Well, would the is the seahorse mom like just completely not there too? That's what I was wondering. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So here's under the reproduction section of the seahorse Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. The male seahorse is equipped with a pouch on the front-facing side of the tail. When mating, the female seahorse deposits up to 1,500 eggs in the male's pouch. The male carries the eggs for 9 to 45 days until they emerge fully developed but very small. Okay. So they are fully and then developed. the young are released into the water, and the male often mates again within hours or days. Oh, so it makes hours. sense that he would be able to go right to work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, they they did their research. Um, this National yeah. Geographic site says that seahorses are truly unique in that they are monogamous and mate for life. Okay, well, so then the mom would be, like, maybe, like there in the picture too. yeah <laughs> if they're monogamous i was i was gonna say i felt very dumb watching this episode for the for the podcast because this was the first time i really like made the connection of like seahorse and bojack's a horse like i <laughs> I, I like I, I i knew the like the male seahorse thing like just as a fun fact beforehand so like i mm-hmm. i was like oh they just did this to like be funny and like to like have to have bojack like in this position 
and I didn't really think like, oh, also it's a seahorse. Like, so yeah, just- see, that is um, on the IMDb page for this episode. That's the the piece of trivia. The bond formed between baby seahorse and Bojack is a play on words of sorts. Okay. And so it assumes kinship between seahorse yeah. and horse. Yeah. Well, said. One, I, I never looked at the IMDb trivia before this. So wow. that was my mistake, I guess. And also not making a connection of seahorse and horse. Well, they do look quite different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like they played up this animation like they made them look more similar than what an actual oh, yes. seahorse looks like yes they did see this the wikipedia page says seahorses are not known to mate for life but many species form pair bonds that last through at least the breeding season oh so it's like i think they've got hot girl summer and then cuffing <laughs> season i don't think that they're okay so maybe them there when he say. comes back she might be, but we don't know. Yeah. yeah, Like, it's like, basically, the answer is she could be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this National Geographic article helpfully includes the universal metric, which is seahorse size relative to a teacup. Oh, perfect. Oh! <laughs> what is they're, the seahorse size relative to a teacup? They're quite similar. The seahorse is a little bit bigger, a little taller. I always, yeah, I had a beanie baby. So I had a beanie baby seahorse when I was younger. Obviously not now. <laughs> Um, and I, for some reason, like in my mind, like that was the size of a seahorse for a long time. This is to scale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I went, I was like a trip on the Oregon coast when I was in high school and saw seahorses and they were like so much smaller than I was expecting them to be. (laughs) So I was like, what? It's not the size of a beanie baby. (laughs) I love that. And I'm just upset that you got rid of the beanie baby because I think your son William would love it. That's true. It is still in my parents' house somewhere, I'm sure. But yeah, and, and my, my son, Kristen, does mean my cat, just to anybody who's <laughs> not familiar with William, which you should be. Don't worry, she's a childless dog. <laughs> Take it from me, a childless dog. I was literally sitting here like, how did I not know Martha has a no, kid? No, no, it's, it's my cat. <laughs> Sorry, do other people not refer to their pets as their No, children? I do, I do, Kirsten, but I, I often refrain from doing it on a podcast because I'm like, um, people aren't going to know who William is. I mean, people what? know who William is, but like, some people don't. So <laughs> I want you to post a picture on Instagram of you holding William with the caption, never talk to me or my son again. I, th- I, have, I think I have always wanted to do that and just haven't had the opportunity to, or like, that's definitely a caption I've wanted to do on a, on a photo <laughs> of me and William. I'll do I'll take one with my cat Vitas oh. and I'll post a picture with the same caption on the same day. Okay, <laughs> oh <my God>. perfect. <laughs> Love that. Oh, semi-related. Anyways, a tangent. <laughs> so the other day, my sister and I were, you know, drinking on a bench and I was uh, yelling at passerbys cuz I'm a ghoul. <laughs> and so someone was walking a dog and I was like, "Hi, what's your dog's name?" And they were like, Jordy and I said oh like the shore oh my god and they just like looked very upset and just walked away quickly and then my sister and I all day yesterday were just going Jordy like the shore (laughs) never talk to me or my son again (laughs) they didn't say anything to you or they just like just just like no (laughs) not like that at all not like that but like I think it was very obvious that it is exactly like that So this is why you just can't let me out in public. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta put Kirsten back into lockdown. (laughs) Honestly, keep me keep me inside. It's fine. So this baby seahorse, Bojack wants to leave it. He tries to prop it up on a magazine. Well, the book. It's a book. It's not a magazine. Give him some credit. Oh, okay. yes, of course. If it was a magazine, that would be absurd. Well, a magazine wouldn't stand up the way the book comes out. It's a hardcover book. So it's ridiculous. Basic, it's, basically, it's basically a chair. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it killed me when the little seahorse just falls over backwards. I thought, yeah. just like, okay, here we go. They <laughs> just prop you up. So he takes the seahorse and is like, okay, well, we got to get some seahorse milk. Yeah, because he starts crying and then he does the, the rooting reflex on Pojack's chest, mm-hmm. which is pretty cute, I have to say. Like, weird, but like, kind of makes me like, oh, this little baby seahorse. <laughs> It knows what it wants. Yeah. Yeah. Bojack only has dollars, not any of these shells that are the currency of the sea. Dollars mm-hmm. and cigarettes, apparently. That also made me laugh a lot. Yeah. He steals it. This magazine, the- Gills, Gills, Gills. Yeah. And the magazine, Gills, Gills, Gills. And he gets chased out by a shark who has a bat and a crowbar ready to ready to fight. Very yeah. intense looking shark. Yeah. The shark's name is Tim Jaws. Kind of on the nose. I, I did... I, I, this is one of the like facts that I tried to Google before this to be like, do, can sharks not like do sharks notably have bad vision or something? Because there's like a couple moments where like the shark can't see Bojack in his periphery, or I was like, so they, like, I, the, the closest like scientific fact I found was like sharks are known for having blind spots. So I, I'm <laughs> like, I, I really do expect this show to have done its research on like most of these animal things or like I expect it to be like a joke that I'm missing anytime it's like why are they acting this way and usually I'm right they are mm-hmm. like they have figured something and it is something witty but the shark thing I was like I, I guess like he just has these blind spots but it felt like it was supposed to be like he can't see depth or something or like he has no depth perception it's, based on like quick google search it seems like it could be something to do with like a level of color blindness and mm. being unable to distinguish the colors okay so that's why he couldn't tell the difference between so, Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter, the cardboard cutout. <laughs> I think maybe it's just he walks past that cardboard cutout every day and he doesn't really look at it. Yeah. What's weird is that he kind of does look at it this time. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then he's like, is that how it's always been? Right, I don't know. Right. I did like the herring aid batteries sign. They're so good. I miss like all of these little well, visual this things. Well, this is just something with, when I've watched this episode like 10 times that I was like, I should like just note some of these funny puns that I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that I, I've noticed them every time, but I never like took the time to like notice what they were. So those were fun. They do a little fake out where they make it seem like the shark has found them, but it's actually like a billboard for this saltwater taffy factory. Mm-hmm. The same one that was advertised on the back of the dad seahorse's coat. Yes, I do. I do also like the fake out of the shark through the sign. Um, this felt very Finding Nemo to me of the yes. like <laughs> the woods of like Bruce's grin. Um, it felt like exactly like a callback to Finding Nemo. Yeah, surprised that's not in the IMDb review. This yeah. is a rip off of Finding Nemo. <laughs> it's a total rip off of Finding Nemo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a complete ripoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it is like a son and father, prodigal son kind of. True. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Bojack can't remember anything. Total ripoff. <laughs> Raphael, come defend yourself. <laughs> RP Dub, we just want to understand. <laughs> so when they run from the shark, there they end up in like basically the part of the ocean in- inhabited by bioluminescent creatures. <laughs> Very scary. Very cool in terms of like how it's animated, though. Very cool looking scene. And the the sound effects are really cool too. It's these like mm-hmm. timpani kind of like sounds. And I, the one thing that kind of confuses me is the like guy sipping the cup, like who like walks away with all the eyes. I don't really understand what that creature is. It's some sort of mollusk, but. Yeah, I did. I did see a fun fact about this. Is like the these are the one animals or the one creatures that aren't whatever that word is an- anthropomorphic. They're just like live creatures down there that aren't talking. Well, yeah, because they've like never interacted with the human world because they're so deep in the ocean. Oh, okay. Whoa. 
Yeah, I mean, because I always kind of forget that mollusks are, like, technically alive because they kind of feel more like plants to me. I mean, not, like, live, but they're, like, technically animals because they feel more like plants to me when I think about them, but... You spend a lot of time thinking about mollusks? No. <laughs> when I went to the Oregon coast and saw um, seahorses for the first time, that yes. was, was when day. I was thinking about it. Okay, <laughs> so then they, like, go up this, like, water intake that takes them way up but leads to a fan. And Bojack thankfully stops it so we don't see the baby seahorse die. Yeah, yes. God. I was actually quite concerned that something very tragic and graphic was going to happen. Yeah, that's, like, a recurring image that I, I have sometimes of like getting my arm stuck in a fan or like oh God. yeah so I this like the first time I watched it I was like no 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 do not like have something happen here um, well because it would have been it would have been on brand yeah. for mm-hmm. Bojack for like the baby to die and then he just leaves and then he's just like yeah. well solve that problem I will that's say true. this is also a Finding Nemo thing <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, and that's probably where I got that like image in my mind of like watching Finding Nemo when I was like seven and then (laughs) always having that idea. Anytime I see a fan like that, like flashes by my eyes seeing that. So, yeah, great. (laughs) And the anemones, the anemones are also a Finding Nemo comic. This is a direct ripoff. We've definitely uncovered something here. Shot for shot remake. (laughs) Exactly. Soon we'll we'll get to the part where the baby seahorse touches the boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't leave uh, the butt. The butt. <laughs> so they're in the toffee factory now. And uh, there's like a visual gag where Bojack is trying to get the seahorse dad's attention. But he turns around like as something goes down and obscures his vision every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bojack can't make any noise. So just can't get his attention. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I do like the like physical comedy of this because the dad, like, I think he hears Bojack somehow, or like he he sees something, like in the in his periphery, and then but he just like rolls his eyes, he's like, oh, I'm just seeing things again or something. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a lot going on. He just gave birth today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> Bad parental leave at the taffy factory. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. So then, yeah, basically. There's a taffy explosion. Bojack goes on a very slow speed chase from security with the baby. <laughs> yes, this is pretty funny too of the of the moment, especially when the, the security guards are like chasing him, and we cut out like pan out to realize that they're moving like very very slowly through so the So slow. <laughs> but Bojack like climbs out a window. The building kind of crumbles away a little bit, and then he realizes, oh, ha, 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 I can swim. I'm underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he's, like, plummeting to his death and then sort of closes <laughs> his eyes like he's accepting it, and he's like, oh, wait, I'm just swimming. This moment also does confuse me a bit with the physics. I'm like, well, if the security guards are that upset about him, whatever he did in the factory, like, couldn't they chase after him swimming after him, <laughs> yeah. too? It's like he's the only well, I creature think... that can swim, is he? <laughs> I, I think they could have, but then the whole building explodes. Right, right. But he's, like, so vindicated in that moment. He's like, ah, ha, ha, I got you. Like, <laughs> I think he thought he was about to die. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But he seems to be, like, rubbing it in their faces. And, like, yeah. they could still come after you, and they could probably swim faster than you, too. <laughs> that's true. Just saltwater taffy everywhere. Yet another international incident from Bojack. <laughs> true. <laughs> mm-hmm. My God, he's a menace. He's unstoppable. Uh, but Seahorse Dad gets home and he has a banner that says, Congratulations on your five children. I love that so yeah. much. So specific. Uh, but Bojack shows up with kid number six. Yes. In this moment, I, I'm surprised. Like, I mean, I, you know, you mentioned like you don't have that many emotions in this episode, but I do feel like this this is like the most heart wrenching moment of like he just 
gives the baby up and then it's like okay well what do i do ne- what do i do next and i think there's so many moments like this in the show of bojack like having done something that he thinks is great and like not getting the recognition he thinks he deserves or like not knowing like what to do in the situation of like okay now what and this is a really good example of that of like he just stares there and like the dad's like well what do you want from me even if you don't like bojack which i mean i think most of us don't like you still feel this like you feel the awkwardness in there with him like of like well like he did just go through all this nobody really knows what he did like he did save that seahorse baby's life technically even if he didn't want to and then it's just like oh okay so that's over Plus, I think there's the juxtaposition of the seahorse dad is clearly just like, okay, and just adds him to the pile of the other five children. And clearly, this was a huge, meaningful thing for Bojack. And like for the dad, it's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. And then and then even the moment, especially when when he waves goodbye to the seahorse, and we don't know which one the baby is. And Mm -hmm. Bojack probably doesn't even know which one it is at this point, because they all look the same. Mm -hmm. That also just is so beautifully sad and like awkward I, I think awkward is kind of the main word I'm feeling here of like just like oh okay I guess that just happened yeah I think that part's really well done where you can't even tell which one he is yeah I don't I think that I like I think it's something wrong with me not like the episode <laughs> that I don't feel no. any I feel nothing like I just simply feel nothing uh, <laughs> you don't even feel uncomfortable like like the thing is is all of the stuff with the baby seahorse is what I don't like about the episode because it means nothing it is irrelevant to the larger plot I don't care about these adorable seahorses <laughs> like we're not gonna see them again but they, I'm like <laughs> whatever but it, it's like this moment of like Bojack going through like he didn't want to help this baby and then he he does and he actually does sort of a good thing like that seahorse baby would have died several times in the factory especially without Bojack there to save him and that was kind of like a moment of Bojack not thinking about himself for the first time in a while and like I just I think it's like I'm not being like hero worshiping Bojack by any (laughs) means here but I do think he got no recognition for it too and that there's very few moments like that where Bojack does something that is sort of selfless and that he doesn't nobody sees it and that's kind of unique I agree with that. I think that's a good call. And like, even the dad trying to be like, oh, you want money or something? Yeah. Like, no, no, obviously I don't. Of course I don't. Right. And, and like, honestly, he could have used the money. Like, yeah. he could have <laughs> used that, gone back. I don't know, he probably wouldn't have gone back and pay it. Pay the, the gas. Or the oh, no way he would go back. But he, to, like, but he could pay, store. like, for his taxi, like, later, when she needs it. <laughs> yeah, he could use the shell money. He could. I don't know. I again, it's a me issue. It's not a show issue. It's it's. I've got problems, and that's it's fine. But so he uses the seahorse milk label to write a new note to Kelsey, and he actually writes like a much better note. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and this ep- this this note really like sums up many of the themes of the episode too. Of in this world, all we have is the connections that we make, and this episode really is about like connection versus isolation, which he's feeling so isolated down here while he has sort of this connection with some somebody that just gets severed right away in the seahorse baby so I, I feel like that note is the, the 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 most heartfelt that we see bojack being and the most like genuine we see him being in the episode and like in a lot of episodes too and then just the the beautiful irony of it not being able to be read by kelsey later just makes it even better i think Mm-hmm. Yeah, that moment is like very heart wrenching. Where it's just like he actually did try to do a good thing, and then it's just like, oh no, she can't read it, and she's more pissed that you're just wasting her time. Yeah, I love these moments of just like, like I said, awkwardness of like Bojack. Just, I mean, 
I agree, obviously, with Bojack is a terrible, terrible horseman. Um, <laughs> but like, it, I, I love watching him be awful. Like, and I mean, I know that's not a hot take to say, but like, I just think that this is like one of those things where there's these times where you you just feel awkward with him, even if you're not like, oh, he's great. You still feel that with him. It's like a huge bummer that he's like, okay, now's the time. He sees her. He has his chance. He goes so hard to try to catch up with the cab. Yeah, and it's this, like, we have that. I think I feel like we have, like, kind of three moments like that in the episode of, like, first, the, the returning the seahorse baby to the dad, second, the note to Kelsey, and then finally the realization of, oh, I could have been talking this whole time at the very end of the episode. So that's why I, like, breathe out that sigh at the end of the episode, and it usually comes with tears <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think you've done a good job, actually, of convincing me as to why you are feeling enough things to cry at the end of this okay. in terms of like, because I was like, why would you cry? But I guess it's a great point of like, oh, my God, after all of that, you could have just been talking. Yeah. And I, I think they managed to make it like, oh, this is funny because like the person runs up and is like, I'm jackass or whatever. And he's like, wait, what? Oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. And then it, it plays funny. But I think it undersells the feelings a little bit. Yeah, I just feel like what could be more on brand, Lindsay, than you and me being like, ugh, but has someone felt enough to cry because we're just like <laughs> ghouls who don't express ourselves in a healthy manner? Martha's just like an evolved human who can feel things. understands emotions and feels things. Maybe and we're like, too much. I don't feel anything. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think there's there's definitely layers to the spectrum here, and I might be a little bit too far on that. But... Really justify your feelings to me, Martha. <laughs> Lindsay's like, but why? Yeah, why I mean, do you feel emotions? I've been preparing for this for the last like five years to explain my <laughs> deep emotions. So it's great. Oh, amazing. What a dream. Yeah. So that's fish um, out of water. That's that's it. That's fish out of water. Lindsay, did any of our, our people email us about this one? I didn't even tweet out that we were recording it because I'm a bad person. <laughs> Literally the only feedback I received prior to this episode was our good friend Deidre sending me a screenshot from a dating app where the guy that she is swiping on says, actually three stacked cats wearing a trench coat. That is his description of himself. Uh, so when's the wedding? <laughs> I think we need to officiate, right? Uh, I better at least be invited. I would have to imagine that we're guests of honor. Like, I, if someone, okay, here's the thing. If they get married based off of that dating app prompt, I think it's enough that we can claim the relationship as one of our, like, happy setups to help us get into heaven. Yeah, and I think we're going to need the help. (laughs) We need the help. (laughs) We did, we did skate by one of the the one moment in the episode that I prepared an impression of, which is the dolphin singing. I have, I have for many years done a dolphin impression so if, if you'd like to hear it i can i can do my best dolphin singing impression. i would like nothing more okay well you say that now but <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my best honestly but <laughs> that the, i love that moment though because it, it sounds exactly like the impression of the dolphin that i, <laughs> I always do that's perfect oh my god literally a dream oh god that was hilarious i've never been happier i've never been happier and we have no new five-star reviews or anything Lindsay. where are the reviewers at nothing nothing yeah let me check sweden sometimes sweden is good to us let's see sometimes sweden is good to us It's like the tagline of the show. <laughs> Welcome to Bojack Horsepod. Sometimes Sweden is good to us. I mean, I think Sweden is good to people in general. Yeah, I, think that's I feel like Sweden's a great place. They're known for that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We have covered both of the 
five-star reviews on the Swedish iTunes store. Let me just check uh, Australia. I was going to say, what about New Zealand or Australia? Those are kind of some sleepers. I don't know if we've broken into the New Zealand market. Oh. If you're listening to this podcast and you have a friend in like New Zealand, tell them to listen to it. <laughs> or in Canada, frankly. Or, or in Canada. Like, what the heck, Canada? Yeah. Just hurts. But yes, uh, to, to contribute, be a part of the conversation, you can email us, bojackhorsepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at bojackhorsepod or fill in the Google form. That is our pinned tweet, tinyurl.com slash bojackhorsepod. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> Martha, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so, so glad you were here, especially as like a defender of this <laughs> iconic episode that most people love, but Lindsay and I inexplicably feel nothing for. Yes. I'm too ghoulish to appreciate. Very, very honored to have been here at all. And then just to have been covering this this iconic episode, which I love so, so much. It's not my all-time favorite BoJack episode, but it is up there. So thank Ooh. you for having me. What a tease. Yeah. <laughs> amazing and martha if people want to hear more from you where can they do that you can find my podcast which is the real weird sisters anywhere you listen to podcasts one fun thing that we're doing right now it's a harry potter podcast but what we do is we do character studies every other week we are doing a take five series where we take five minutes of the prisoner of azkaban movie and do an hour-long podcast about that five minutes. Um, I have been very much enjoying the Take 5. I think it's a very funny premise. Thank you. Yeah, and we're doing that with our our good friend Shut Up Tim, who might be the reason I'm on this podcast because he, for some reason, wanted to constantly tweet at Kirsten that (laughs) she needed to invite me on the podcast. I like You were always on the list of like people who are invited. Like It's not like I was like, ugh, I would never have Martha on the podcast, and then Shut Up Tim came in, and I was like, hmm, he has a point. Yeah. Perhaps we should reconsider our anti-Martha stance. Can I run a Prisoner of Azkaban take by you that my sister ran by me yesterday? Sure, yeah. She asked me if I think that the Prisoner of Azkaban is the most accurate to the book of all the Harry Potter movies. it's not. And I said, no, it's not. And she said, I think it is. I think it's the best one and the most accurate one. And I said, are you stupid? (laughs) I said, are you stupid? <laughs> no, I mean it's not the least accurate, but it's definitely not. The, I mean, I think well, the, sec- no, the first and second. Order of are, the Phoenix yeah. exists, and that's the least accurate. Mm, and yeah, Half Blood Princess will, but yeah, no, that's. I, I, I'm sorry to agree disagree with your sister, but oh I'll no, you, well, you would disagree with my sister on anything, <laughs> <laughs> including about Bojack. I do. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that I was able to get that answer on the air. Now I can play her back that clip and be like, yeah. how stupid you are. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, Real Weird Sisters. Those take fives are uh, with Tim. They're very, we're having a lot of fun doing them. And then I'm on Twitter at Real Weird Martha. So no no more dolphin impressions can be found there. So that's probably <laughs> probably incentive to follow me to not have more dolphin impressions. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the listeners are going to want more. Uh-huh, okay. Well. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's oh perfect. My God. It's literally just what could be better. <laughs> I try to get um, farther away from the mic doing it, but I don't think I did that as well this time. <laughs> no, you're you're good. You're good. <laughs> Some of our iTunes reviews for our podcast, especially early on, would be like, Martha screams too much. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sorry, I'm doing a Voldemort impression. <laughs> Here's the thing, okay? How else are you supposed to do an impression of a high, cold exactly. voice? Listen, okay, yeah. like. What you do they it. want from you? You get it. Okay, perfect. And of course, Lindsay can be found on the Simpsons Then and Now podcast, talking about an old episode and a new episode of The Simpsons every week. 
we're now far removed from our RHAP rewatches, aren't we? <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> yes, okay. If you want to hear more from me, Love Island is on right now, baby. Brian Scally and I are covering that over on RHAP, as well as I think Riverdale is back. So I'll be on Kowski Cast with Mary, and you can follow me on all platforms at Kirsten Said What. We will be back next week for season three, episode five, Love and or Marriage. Yeah, no idea what that um, episode's about off the top of my head. Did you notice why I said marriage like Adam Klein? <laughs> marriage. Marriage. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.